Hey everybody, my name is G Marks and thanks for joining me here on the Paychecks Business Series podcast. Today I had a great conversation with Kat and Jethro Gilligan-Toth. They are the hosts of the Box of Oddities podcast. It's a really hilarious podcast that I subscribe to with all sorts of fun and interesting stories that's presented by two fun and very interesting people as well. The real interest about the Box of Oddities podcast is that they have more than 9 million downloads in just the two years that they have been in existence. How did they get 9 million downloads? If you're thinking of doing a podcast for your business or you're thinking of doing it just for yourself and you'd like 9 million downloads, well, I think you might want to listen to some of the advice that Kat and Jethro has for us. All right, Kath and Jethro, thank you so much for joining me. I've been actually really looking forward uh, to this conversation for a while since we booked you, and I am a fan of the podcast. I listen to a lot of different podcasts, and I'm always looking for good ones. You know, and I, I bumped into your podcast really like in a, in a list that, that I read somewhere of, of great podcasts to listen to. But before we get into marketing, let's first of all just give our audience a little bit of background of yourselves and your podcast. So I don't know which one of you guys want to take this question, but tell us a little bit about the Box of Oddities podcast. Oh, sure. Well, first of all, thank you so much for subscribing. Please tell your friends. Um, <laughs> I do. We, uh, <laughs> we've both got a bit of a radio background and we decided that we wanted to do something that was a little more us. And so we had a, uh, I guess, a meeting of the minds in our backyard pool uh, which is inflatable, and uh, came up with this idea that that a podcast would be a way that we could reach out and really share ourselves and share our lives and share the things that we're interested in, uh, you know, and it, there wouldn't be so many parameters on it. We spent a lot of time trying to determine what the content would be, um, and and we kept coming back to oddities, strange stories. These are the things that that we talk about in our personal life. So it just seemed like a natural fit. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, it's funny you say that because I, um, I, I, I do a lot of writing. I'm always looking for kind of offbeat stories as well. And your, you know, your podcast has a ton of them. I remember that there was one with Harold Ramis was one that was really funny to listen to. I don't know if you guys remember that one, but you've had a couple of good ones. Can you, can you recall whether it's that episode or not? Any specific examples of like a funny sort of offbeat story that you guys have told a good episode that you can entice our audience with? I think my favorite that I always come back to is one that you told, uh, Jethro, was uh, the story of Barbara and her magical trunk of goodies. Oh, yeah. Yeah. This this was, uh, I'm, I'm trying to remember, just pull us out of thin air. Uh, maybe 100, 150 years ago, this woman, uh, she would come into town and present herself as nobility. And she had a chest full of giant, uh, uh, well, a giant chest full of jewels. And she would go to the innkeeper and she would ask the innkeeper to please lock my valuables up in your safe. And uh, they would do that. And she would go and spend the night. And the next morning, inevitably, the, inevitably, uh, <laughs> the, the room had been burglarized. Everything was gone, including her trunk. And they felt really bad about that. And so they would try to compensate her for her losses. But this went on for a long time over and over and over again. And ultimately what was determined was that she had a little person in the trunk and when they would lock the door, he would pop out, fill the trunk with all of all of uh, all the riches and, and, and goods that other people had been storing there for safety and make off into the night with it. 
That is awesome. <laughs> How did you find a story like that? Ah, uh, let me see. I think, uh, I think that one. Oh boy, I'm not really sure. I don't remember where that one in particular came from. They come from all over. We really, right. we get inspiration from so many places, uh, whether it be an episode of CSI or a museum that we went to. And of course, the the internet is amazing. Mm, yeah. Of course, of course. So, okay, so you guys have been doing this for a couple of years now, I guess, right? You started mm -hmm. it 2018. Is that, mm -hmm. is that? Yep, that's right. So, uh, you know, we're, we're all business owners here. Are you making money yet? We are. Yes. yes. Yeah, we are. Do you we, have day uh, jobs? Um, Kat, I do not. Cat stopped a year ago. I still have a day job, um, but I'm looking at probably doing this full time sometime in the next year or so. I guess technically I could right now, but we're just trying to put all the pieces in place and build a strong uh, foundation to do that. Fair enough. I have so many questions about the ins and outs of your podcast, but we have uh, on this episode of this podcast, we, we, you know, we try to limit the time. And um, the, the thing that really caught my eye about you guys is you've been doing this now for a couple of years. I mean, I guess you're in your third year now, 9 million downloads of mm -hmm. your podcast. Now, as, as my own, as, as myself, podcast presenter, with the, the way we have to scrape and claw and beg and steal <laughs> to get downloads of our podcast, you don't even want to know, you know? <laughs> so, you know, there's a lot of business owners that are out there that are starting their own podcasts or they're participating in podcasts. They're wondering if it's a good opportunity. They don't want to do it if it's going to be a waste of your time. So I'm going to ask the Holy Girl question and maybe we can break it down a bit, but you know, how do you get 9 million downloads of your podcast? What did you do to get 9 million downloads? Well, we scraped and we crawled <laughs> and we begged and we stole. Yes. Yes. Yeah, that's true. Yes. Actually, the, this, uh, the timing of this interview is really good, Gene, because um, we are projecting to hit our 10 millionth download uh, sometime in the next two weeks. We're, we're, we're pretty close. Yeah. Well, what we did going into it, we knew that because anybody can do a, a podcast, the barrier to entry really isn't that, that, uh, that challenging, that we would just focus on the things that, that we could control. And that started out with our pre-launch strategy. And then as we, um, we developed a further approach to it, we, we started focusing on the technical aspect of it to make sure that the quality, the technical quality was, was good. And then of course the content, we spent a great deal of time deciding how the show would flow, uh, what made the most sense and how to do it uh, in a, in a specific order. And then we executed that, that plan. Part of our launch strategy was to launch with five episodes. Okay. And, and I think that, that, that kind of gave people the impression that we, we were in it, um, to win it, you know, we were in it to, uh, to, <laughs> to, uh, be consistent with our uh, approach to it. In other words, they weren't going to listen to a, an episode and never hear from us again. Right. So certainly, so you're saying, obviously the technical stuff had to be right. right. The, um, and, you know, it had to be regular and consistent so you can build an audience that way. Um, so it's not like you just do a one-off and just expect it to just blow up. Um, and then of course, you know, it's the content is very, very important, but you know, I still say, you know, even though you build it, how do you get them to come? I mean, I've heard like a bunch of great podcasts from people that I know, people that I don't know that don't have anywhere near the kind of numbers that you do. Um, and yet they're, you know, they're very well produced and, and the content is really good. So. Did you do any other marketing? Did you have any other financial backers? Did you uh, did you create relationships with you know podcast providers that helped you out? How'd you get the word out there? 
Yeah, well, we were really fortunate that uh, very early on, we were uh, marked as one of iTunes new and noteworthy shows. Ah. And that came uh, by way of uh, reaching out to them and being like, hey, could you put us on new <laughs> yeah. and noteworthy list? Yeah. yeah, I think a lot of people... They don't realize that you can do you, that. You can do that. You have to dig around for the email address a little bit. But, but you can petition them to to put you on their rotation and and try to get that uh, that exposure that you might not get otherwise. And that really was the beginning for us. Once we, we got marked in the uh, new and noteworthy carousel on iTunes, our downloads started increasing uh, pretty rapidly. Mm -hmm. And then we were able to... Uh, network with other shows of similar size. We got to know some some people through um, networking and and uh, marketing, and swapped out uh, promotional announcements, mm. and that kind of started building on itself. And then it was a, a gradual process from that point forward. Yeah, we were really lucky to uh, get a couple of shout outs from bigger names uh you know jimmy kimmel had had shouted out our, our podcast yeah. name at one point and that kind of blew our minds and mm. you know uh sluggo from sirius xm had mentioned us at one point and so we were lucky to get in front of some people by way of you know the itunes thing and by way of the other podcasts that we reached out to um and as well as being very fortunate to be asked on a couple of panels for um, podcast conventions, yes. and and doing that was scary, but we were we had, we knew we had to do it. You know, um, it, it's fascinating what you've done. First of all, everything that you've just talked about doesn't sound like that you've spent a lot of money doing this. I mean, different people have you know marketing budgets to try to promote their thing. You know, um, so you, you talked about iTunes, and I'll start with that. So you reached out directly to iTunes and say, "Hey, we are new and noteworthy. Can you mm -hmm. please?" You know, mention us, you know, we think we're, and, and you went through the process and begged a little bit and, and they took notice and they did that. Did you do that with any other platforms uh, other than iTunes? No, we didn't reach out to any other uh, platforms at, at that time. But mm -hmm. when we were featured on New and Noteworthy, other platforms saw it and we were contacted uh, pretty early on by CastBox and right. they asked us to uh, partner with them. Um, and to become what, what they called at the time a cast box original. And so we signed a deal with them and they kind of helped push us from the level we were at to the next level. As we speak right now, we're not affiliated with any network. We're just doing it all uh, on our own at this point. Got it. And you know, if it's just for your information, that's how I found you was I'm on Castbox. I mean, I'm a, a Castbox is my podcast app. And, um, and I look for, you know, recommended shows. Like if you like this, then you'll like that. And, right, you know, right. you know, and I've always wondered how podcasts get, you know, get, get listed there. And I, I think it's a matter of reaching out to those providers, right? Yeah, it is. Just ask, don't be afraid. I think it's also a, um, a result of having a podcast that does touch upon so many topics. Sure. You know, if you like true crime, you might like Box of Oddities. If you like comedy, you might like Box of Oddities. If you like stories about grilled cheese sandwiches, <laughs> you you might like Box of Oddities. We find How did on... you know that? I love stories about grilled <laughs> right? cheese sandwiches. Well. It's such a, wow, it's such a coincidence. It, it is really true. <laughs> And it's funny because uh, the people that are listening to this, 
Um, if they're going to do a, a podcast for their business, I mean, some of them are pretty niche, you know, like, well, if you like stories about manufacturing coated paper and film products, then you're going to love this podcast. So I think there, there is a, you have, you have to have certain expectations as to the size of your audience, right? Well, yeah, but it, it also consider that we have had episodes where we talked about this one house that might have been haunted in 1974. And someone will reach out to us and say, I loved this episode. I lived next door to that house. Yeah, that happens so a lot. there are people who want to hear about your coded paper. There are people who <laughs> that is exactly the thing that they need to hear. Yeah, you hear that a lot in podcasting now if you're if you're thinking of starting a podcast at this at this stage of the game it's actually a, a pretty good strategy strategy to to niche down to to become incredibly specialized and scoop up all of the smaller amount of people that that like that particular uh topic specialize in something right fair enough now you mentioned uh, uh, you know swapping promotional as well so you know you you do find you made a list of i'm assuming related podcast, somebody that's similar, and you reached out to them and say, Hey, why don't we, we can, we can pitch your podcast to promote yours. If you do the same for us, mm -hmm. did you yes. appear on other people's podcasts? Yes, we, we have, um, that came a little bit later. Right. And again, it, it was part of the whole of, of just networking with people. We, when we were asked to speak on a panel at podcast movement, a couple of years ago right gosh seems like so long ago now with this <laughs> i i know i know, you know like the, another another lifetime remember quarantine. outside yeah remember oh. outside that was oh, nice that was those were good yeah. <laughs> we're, we were landing in orlando which is where the convention was and i turned my phone on and i had a message from jim harold who does a, a series of wildly uh successful uh podcasts and a couple of them are right in our genre and mm -hmm. He said that he liked what we did and do we want to meet him in the bar for a drink? And we're like, yeah, sure. That'd be great. You know, we didn't want to bother the guy. So we thought we'd just skip in, have a, have a quick drink with him and leave. We were there eight hours <laughs> Jeez. and, and, and he paid for the bar tab, which I, I was about to say, do you remember this conversation? <laughs> <laughs> I remember most of it. Um, we, we became very good friends and, uh, he asked us on his show shortly after that. And we've been on his show a couple of times now he's been on ours and uh, we're, we exchange Christmas cards now. So wow. it's just a matter of getting out there and meeting people who have similar interests and in networking. And you mentioned budget. As far as that goes, when we first started, we, we did buy some Facebook ads, but I, I'm not exaggerating when I say that, we probably spent maybe $150. Right. Yeah. I think, um, you know, as we met other podcasters and as we started exchanging um, spots and, and phone numbers, if you will, um, the, I think the most money that we've spent is on um, dog treats. Because <laughs> I will, I will send their dogs things as a thank you because yeah. I, that's the only way I know how to love. Yeah. Yeah. It's actually a great idea. I love that idea. <laughs> and I'm going to rem I'm going to remember that myself. You know, it's funny when I I do some speaking as well and I'm thinking to myself like why why do I send the meeting planners thank you? So I should just find the names of their dogs and send them dog treats. Yep, that's right. Go. That's right. That's, that like is that a very cute idea. How about your community guys? Like do you build a community for your podcast and what, you know, what what sort of, you know, investments do you make in that? I'm glad you, you you brought that up because I meant to mention that earlier. That really has been a big part of the success that the show has seen uh, to, to get to a point where, you know, we've had several million downloads. Yeah. It's, it's because 
we focused on building a community around the show. And we recognized fairly early on that because of the subject, the nature of the subjects that we talk about, it tends to attract people who maybe self-identify as outside societal norms. You know, like maybe they don't quite fit in because they they like stories about abandoned funeral homes or, or, or whatever. <laughs> who doesn't? <laughs> so they, um, it was really easy to say, hey, we're on social media, come hang out with us. And the uh, community has just kind of sprung up around it. They, we, we have a philosophy. As long as you're kind, you're welcome here. We don't care, you know, what your political points of view are. We don't care uh, any about anything. As long as you're kind to one another, you're, you're, you're welcome here. And we have just seen an amazing organic growth of our community. Yeah, it's important um, to make that investment. And I'm assuming that you not only do this on social, but you've got your own Facebook page. Um, so you know, you're you're just you're staying in touch. What what kind of a commitment does this require of you guys? I mean, you know, this goes well beyond just a 45 minute show that you guys do, right? Oh yeah, yeah. That was um, one of the things that you know, why, when I was still working as uh, I call it my side job, my, the podcast became my job very quickly. And mm -hmm. the thing that I was doing to make money became my side job pretty quickly. <laughs> um, it, during that time, it was so stressful because we, you know, I, I handled the social media for the most part. And that was something that during the early stages, I really wanted to focus on. I really wanted the community to feel like they were a part of things. I wanted to be able to see like, hey, you remember that guy's head that we were talking about? Here it is. And <laughs> so it was um, it was a lot. Um, it's become a little more Stable. not automated, but um, simple. Like I've right. simplified the process over the years. I figured out how to do it without so much, uh, you know, hours going into it. But it was, it was a big investment in time and, and it still is, especially doing two episodes a week. Yeah, that was another part of our strategy too early on was to show that, you know, we were committed besides releasing five episodes uh, on our launch. I think it was maybe three, four weeks into the process that we made the um, decision to do two episodes a week and that we have not missed a drop date in 305 episodes or, you know, right. whatever the catalog is. And I, and I think that, again, that, that just really underscores the importance of consistency, of consistency yep. and, and your approach to it. People know we're going to be there every Monday and Thursday morning. So, which kind of leads me to my last probably final question as well, before I let you guys go, but you know, you know, do you think you'll still be there five years from now? Like what, what is the long-term plan for this thing? Oh, sure. Um, I know there, we've had a lot of discussions about exactly that. Like how long can we sustain, you know, here's this weird thing. Um, and yeah. we have, I mean, people are, people are fickle, you know what I mean? So, <laughs> right? oh, for sure, for sure. Um, I think that, you know, we've talked about, um, secondary podcast, a third podcast, you know, and, and we want it to grow as we do and as the community does. So I think that, our plan is to take cues from what the people um, are responding to mm -hmm. and what they are saying they want more of. And so if that ends up being a travel podcast, you know, where we just talk about the weird festivals that we talk about or the, you know, haunted hotels or whatever, then that's what that becomes. But I think that a lot of it is just listening. Yep. In addition to that, 
we are looking very much forward to getting back out on the road. We were just really getting a good uh, sense of momentum going. Uh, we oh, with our live shows, with our live shows. Yeah, we had played uh, like Zanies in Nashville and Cobb's in San Francisco, some legendary uh, comedy clubs. And in fact, when we were at at Cobb's in San Francisco, we we're in the green room, and I'm looking around, and Kat and I are looking at the posters of people that have performed there, and it was like George Carlin and Rob, Robin Williams, Robin Williams, and oh. Richard Pryor. And we're like, oh no! Well, they're going to be horribly disappointed <laughs> in about in what's about to happen. Well, you know, um, they're they're all dead, so you do have that advantage. <laughs> Thank true. you. Yeah. That is a real <laughs> glass half full kind of attitude, and I Aww. like it. Got to keep the spirits up. <laughs> so, so that's a, that's a big part of our future as well, too, we hope. And, and once things get back to normal, we're, we're actually tentatively right now in the early stages of planning a, um, an October tour uh, to get back out on the road again. That's assuming that it's safe to do so. Fingers crossed. It's incredible. It's, you know, it's, it's gotta be a little surreal for both of you guys. I mean, 10 million downloads is just a huge amount and you have to look at each other and be like, I can't believe there's like 10 million people you know, that have listened mm -hmm. to us. And then you go on the road, I'm sure you meet lots of fans um, that just, you know, it's just gotta be a surreal experience. Well, oh, we, it absolutely is. Well, <laughs> we did, we, we've played Zanies in Nashville a couple of times. And the last time we were at, at uh, Zanies, uh, there was a woman that had flown in to see the show from Costa Rica. <laughs> <laughs> and so there were moments like that, Gene, where we go, how did we get here? You Wait, know, what? It, it, that's, it's just, it is, it's very surreal. That is amazing. Well, Kat and Jethro Gilligan-Toth are the hosts of the Box of Oddities podcast. Guys, thank you so much for joining me. You can listen to this great and hilarious podcast on iTunes, CastBox, Spotify, I'm assuming, and all the other places that you're going uh, that you can go to listen to your podcast. Kat and Jethro, thank you so much for joining me. I hey, thank wish you. you. Yeah, I want to wish you best of luck. And again, um, I think the advice that you've shared will help a lot of members of our audience with their own podcast plans. Um, so, so again, thanks. My name is G Marks. This is the Paychecks Business Series podcast. If you need help running your business and advice and tips for running your business even better, uh, you can join us uh, not only on the Paychecks podcast, but on paychecks.com forward slash works. That's W-O-R-X. Thanks for joining me today. We look forward to seeing you again soon. Take care. This podcast is property of Paychecks Inc. 2021. All rights reserved.